Michael, no, do no, not no. let your imagination run amok. Run what? Amok. It means don't let your imagination run out of control. Why didn't you just say that, Pam? Michael, do not let your imagination run out of control. Well, that's easy for you to say. You have a bad imagination. It's stupid. I live in a fantasy world. Friday. Almost. But not, not quite. quite. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, the wedding from Hick, our Bert and Ernie a couple, what? and we announced the winner of our National Recovery Month prize pack. Hello. But first, it is September 27th, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate, don't we, Mo? We do. Today is Ancestor Appreciation Day. So appreciate them ancestors. Not certain how one would do that. But Let's see. Oh, okay. What do you know about your ancestors? Um, I know that my great grandmother Rosie was 100% Cherokee Indian. Oh goodness. Uh huh. Um, my great grandmother Ollie <coughs> was 100% Irish. Um, that's pretty much all that I know. Okay. And that's my grandfather's grandmother was Cherokee Indian, hmm. and my grandmother's grandmother was Irish. Okay. I know my dad was illegally adopted. Uh, illegally adopted? <laughs> yeah, it like, was never officially made, but he was still given the last name of the guy that married his mom. Oh, wow. Uh, so we're not really Cokers. Uh, we're hmm. Pews, P-U-G-H's. Nice. Uh, and I know there was a pew on the Mayflower. Oh, That's nice. all I know about my dad's side. But my grandfather is a uh he passed away several years ago now um but he was a multiple time gold silver and bronze medalist in the senior olympics nice over years he was tennis i believe tennis player nice. he killed it i still have one of his medals um then on my mom's side i know that uh our family line actually comes from uh, or is actually named Epps, uh, and it's been spelled in multiple different ways throughout mm-hmm. the years. But the Epps family owned the Appomattox, which is where General Grant set up his headquarters during the uh, whatever war happened then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it was now. I'm completely lost. I, I used like to have the whole thing memorized. I didn't even think about it. I didn't know it was Ancestor Day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, Appomattox, it's a big thing. You Google it, you'll see it was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, we owned it. So I, I'm feeling like I need to go home and really figure out a little bit more of my Let's ancestor. go to Ancestry.com. You got to pay for that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have fourteen ninety nine a and month. It's, and you know what? Someone said this the other day, and it makes complete sense. If you do that stuff... The only stuff you're going to find out is bad stuff. Because all the good stuff, your family would have passed down through stories and whatnot. You're going to find out you were a slave owner or other kinds of terrible things in your past. And that's all you're going to find. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I don't know. So don't do it. Okay. Uh, Today is also (laughs) National Chocolate Milk Day. Hey, I love me some chocolate milk. That's the only way I can drink milk. You don't like normal milk? Um, number one, we figured out, remember, that I am lactose and Oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's right. That was that first episode of uh, the Back Row. What did we call that? I think we just called it back the Back Row with Matt and Mo. Back Row with Matt and Mo. Yeah. The, the YouTube show, challenge show, where we challenged each other. And the first one was the Pepper Stepper Challenge, where we took five different peppers of uh, gradually increasing intensity. And see who could down them the best. Mm-hmm. And then we ended with drinking 
we each had a half gallon of milk, right? Yep. And you chugged a lot of yours. I did. Because I was in a lot of pain. It was hot. All right. And then you went and threw up, but you thought it was because of all the heat and stuff uh-huh. messing up with your stomach. And then it was your mom that told you? Yeah, 32 well, years you know, old. You're my mom la- had to remind me. <laughs> Megan, you didn't throw up because of the peppers. You threw up because you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> See, my dad is not lactose intolerant, but he only does chocolate milk too. Even like in cereal, really, he has to have chocolate milk, or he can't drink. He can't use it. Huh? It's very strange. Yeah, some people. I love me some regular milk. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited about this day, Matt. What is it? National Corned Beef Hash Day. What even is corned beef hash? Okay. I uh, to be fair, when I saw it, I just saw corned beef. I didn't see the hash part. Okay. So I was excited. Does hash about just mean beef. over potatoes? Maybe. I feel like it's that's what it that's, would be. That's yeah. I don't know. I typically do corned beef and cabbage. Corned beef and cabbage. Not hash. Yeah, All right. So I'm delicious. not quite as excited now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also National Crush a Can Day. Crush a can. Yep. I used to crush them all the time until I cut the palm of my hand real good. Ah, mm-hmm. Yep. You ever crush one on your head? Uh, no, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, then I've never done it either. <laughs> oh, those uh, are fun holidays. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so you probably heard about this. The internet was in a tizzy last week because Mark Saltzman, a former writer for Sesame Street, posted that Bert and Ernie oh, are gosh. a gay couple. I Okay, keep going. And all of the internet posted, it's official. Bert and Ernie are gay. Well, the production company and the creator behind Sesame Street's Bert and Ernie said Tuesday that the two puppets are not gay, refuting a comment made by the show writer that suggested the characters were homosexual. As we have always said, Bert and Ernie are best friends, Sesame Workshop said in a statement. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, as most Sesame Street Muppets do, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation. Ooh. (laughs) (sighs) Burn! (laughs) Since then, Mark Saltzman has clarified he meant that when he was writing them, that's how he thought of them as he wrote, since he himself is a homosexual. Oh my goodness. But... It was the fact that, and even when you go back and read what he was, what he actually said, it even kind of comes off that way now that he's clarified it. And I think it was just the fact that society at large has been wanting this to be true. For so long. For such a long time. Yeah. Because they want to be able to have that represented in a kid's show. I don't understand why we have this need as a society to sexualize preschool things. It's nonsense. Right. To be totally honest. Kids don't however, even understand however, that at all. If there was a point. toy marketed with body parts, people would be all up in arms about it. A toy marketed for a preschooler that, and I'm not talking Barbie, because sure, Barbie kind of has <laughs> body parts. But do you know, are you following me? Are you on the same wavelength that I'm on? P- I could see people being livid. Why is this a preschool toy? Why are we marketing this for preschoolers? But those same people have this innate need within yeah. them to, when it comes to cartoons, to movies, to television shows, yeah. to over-sexualize To over-sexualize them. it. Way too early. Way before they need to be thinking about any of that kind of stuff. My goodness. My 12 and 13, well, almost 12 and 13 year olds still are not at that page. Canon has a girlfriend, but I he won't walk out the school with his girlfriend you and daedra started dating roughly at that age when she was 13 i was 15 okay so what did your relationship look like in those early stages we were all over each other oh my god inappropriately like he he hurt his little girlfriend's feelings the other day right and i told him you you publicly hurt her feelings. You publicly need to apologize to her. That's the right thing to do. 
And so later that day I asked, did you apologize? Yeah, I told her I was sorry. All of her friends were around and I just let her know that what I did was mean. I said, did you give her a hug or handshake, high five, anything? No, mom. Okay. I'm so confused right now. Like, <laughs> he doesn't walk out the school with her. He doesn't walk in the school with her. If he sees her, he waves at her and he keeps walking. That's not a relationship. <laughs> I mean, they're friends. I just, okay. I also asked him, what's her favorite color? I don't know. What's her favorite candy? I don't know. When's her birthday? I don't know. Cannon, why is this girl your girlfriend? She's pretty, mom. <laughs> I will admit something, uh, and this is Deidre's fault. Oh, okay. first of all, first <laughs> of all, up, I was wrong, but it's her fault for not telling me I was wrong for so long. I misspelled her last name for the first two entire years of our relationship. Oh, yeah, as V A S S E R when it's A R, mm-hmm. and she seen me write it. So many times in those two years and never bothered to correct me until someone else saw me write it and corrected me. And I was so mad and so embarrassed that she never said anything. She's like, I didn't care. I'm like, well, I care. (laughs) I don't want to look like an idiot. (laughs) She's like, girlfriend, I want to know how to spell your dang name. I plan to take your name anyway. What does it matter? Uh, so you're sitting there saying, well, it's when's her birthday? I'm like, I don't even know how to spell her last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. How did we get here? Um, oh, yeah. Over-sexualizing <laughs> children's things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. but You know what else I don't understand? The trend of overly gross things for kids. Like you were talking about games and what popped into my head is a recent one that I've seen. There's a new, like, kids, not board game, but, you know, one of those... <gasps> Special games. Yes. Is it the toilet one? Yes. Oh my gosh. Where it's a toilet, you flush to roll this dice, and it tells you how many times you plunge the plunger in. Uh huh. And a and turd then eventually, pops yeah, out. Yeah. Eventually, a big anthropomorph—well, not anthropomorphized, but a turd with a face on it—pops out the back end, and you get a point or whatever if you cause it to pop out. But you get two points if you catch the turd. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> But we remember um, a few years ago, this uh, game won the award for best children's game, something or other, for 2014, I think it was. And it was a game called Doggy Do. Oh, yeah, I remember that one, Which was about picking up dog poop. But for some reason, that one doesn't bother me as much. Well, no, because this one, you're actually catching a flying turd in the air. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I was on the phone with my mom one night. She and I have been chatting a lot recently, and our phone conversations are like four hours long for some reason. Goodness I don't gracious. Know. Yeah, I don't, I'm just How really. How do you function in life? I'm really missing my mama. <laughs> um, but anyway, the I'm sitting there on the couch. The kids are playing. They're watching some, either Disney or Nickelodeon or something, and that commercial comes on, and I don't Oh, okay, so there was a real commercial that came on a real TV show. Yes. I was about to say, I'm hoping it was just an internet hoax because I've only seen it online. No, no, it's a So it comes on and I'm still talking to my mom and I'm not saying anything. And then a few minutes go by and it comes on again. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And it comes on a third time. And I stopped my mom in the middle of the sentence. And I was like, mom, I have watched this stupid commercial three times now. It is a game with a toilet and a plunger and a turd that looks like a sausage with a face on it. And she's like... What are you talking about? Are you you having a stroke? (laughs) But I was three times in a row within a 20-minute period absolutely disgusted watching this game. Yeah, it's awful. This is terrible. I'm sure people listening are disgusted by our conversation. Well, Well, they've they've all probably seen it. At least most of them have all seen it. And they're probably like, yep. I hear you. What What is our world coming to? I have no idea. Hey, it's Throwback Thursday. Don't you wish you can go back in time? Well, today you will. Because <laughs> we're going to be playing some classic hits from 95 to 2005. When we come back, look who's driving now. Stick around.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo. Here, bottom of the first hour, we got a news story for you from Delaware. Delaware's Division of Motor Vehicles has installed safe selfie zones at its four DMV locations to allow newly licensed drivers to share the news and not their personal details. In other words, they're encouraging people to not take photographs of their driver's license, but instead come to this cool zone they've mapped out for you to take a photo that shows, hey, I'm at the DMV getting my license. WBLC-TV reports that the zones feature a bright backdrop in front of which people can take pictures of themselves to share on social media in lieu of sharing photographs of their driver's licenses. According to the DMV informational image at the top of the backdrop, it's emblazoned with the words, look who's driving now. And the fact that this has to exist at all just proves that we are massive dummies because that has to happen a lot. People taking a photo of their ID mm-hmm. and sharing it online, mm-hmm. not realizing, oh, that's my driver's license number. That that could be used for a lot of things. Uh, here's my address. You know what? Just steal my whole identity. You know, Internet. I don't... I guess because we're in that... What's it called? What generation are we? Zennial. Yeah. The mid lane between millennials and Gen X. Gen X, yeah. And I just feel like some of these things that millennials do, I kind of sit back and go, where was your upbringing? <laughs> Who was your mama? What? Did, why didn't she teach you anything? <laughs> you just don't do some things. I've seen- and you're old enough to know it for Pete's sake. If you are over the age of 25, you are old enough to know that taking a picture of your driver's license or any personal identification is dumb. Have you seen people taking pictures of their first credit cards? No, seriously? (laughs) It happens, man. You know, I got to say, I'm glad that, like, social media wasn't a thing when I was late teens, early 20s. Although, at the same time, I had two babies, early 20s. By the time I was 22, I had two kids. So, I don't know that I would have fallen into that trap. But maybe in my late teens, I probably would have been like, look who got their first credit card. (laughs) Maybe? I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. Um... Have you seen, just kind of in the same vein, have you seen or heard of LifeLock? No. That's a company that's supposed to help protect your identity, protect you from identity theft. Sounds familiar, but I don't... Well, the founder of the company was so adamant that his system works that in several advertisements placed on TV and in magazines and whatever, he put his actual real social security number on it. Saying, I'm so certain our, you know, LifeLock mm-hmm. works that, you know, that's my real social security number. And I have no worries that my identity is going to get stolen. Well, it got stolen by like 18 people within a month. Why am I surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Um, it kind of comes down to, I think it's it comes down to an insurance thing. It's supposed to help keep you from getting your identity stolen but if your identity is stolen it helps get everything back in order yeah it proves that you're who you say you are and the i will say isn't. typically well i mean that's different than having your identity stolen i guess that's just more like fraudulent use of your bank account or whatever but typically banks are pretty good about this is not a, a purchase that i made okay. yeah you yeah. know Oh, well, that's the world we live in, folks. It's Throwback Thursday. <laughs> want to use the exact same phrase as before, which you could go back in time. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, uh, The can. future is scary and dumb. Yep. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show. Up next, the Wedding from Heck story that we promised you yesterday. Stick around.
show. It's the top of the second hour. We're glad to have you with us here. Uh, yesterday we were telling you about a couple wedding stories that were saved, um, disasters averted, and marriages gone off mm-hmm. without a hitch. Yeah. Uh, and then we alluded to a story that happened uh, here just, I think it was a year and a half ago. Uh, I, I work in the church and I work in the sound booth and so I'm typically the one that is running the sound system for weddings that happen at our church. Right. And uh, there was one that just didn't go very smoothly and it started way late and I was getting bored so I started live tweeting it. And uh, here's the story as it progressed tweet by tweet. It's so good. <clears throat> Working a wedding that starts in two hours, decorators are just now showing up and the groom won't answer his phone. I'm predicting chaos. The groom cannot be located. We might have a reverse runaway bride happening, people. At this point, I had everybody hooked. The bride's mom is freaking out. She just yelled, he better be dead or in a ditch because if he's not, he's gonna be. The groom's parents have shown up and were apparently unaware of the missing groom issue. Bride's mom is yelling at them. Fist fight? Question mark? No fist fight. So the bride is supposed to be getting her hair done and stuff, but instead she's calling every friend she knows. This boy is in trouble. All the while, the decorators are still working away. One tripped over a set of string lights they set up, but that's the only drama there. It's an hour to go. The bride, in her dress, just stormed out and drove away from the church. I'm assuming she's going a-hunting. The groom has arrived! His phone was dead and he was just running behind. New problem! The bride left her phone behind at the church. Everybody is frantically calling everybody they know any place that she might go. Sounds like no one has seen her yet. The rest of the family is showing up and assuming she is the one who was getting cold feet. Decorators are done. Not sure it matters now. Wow. Half an hour until the wedding is supposed to start. No sign of the bride. Groom is crying. Should I start the seating music or not? (laughs) Father of the bride is trying to lighten the mood by cracking jokes. Mother of the bride went into the bathroom ten minutes ago. Pastor is sitting with me in the sound booth, avoiding conversation. Not much to update at the moment. Nobody knows what to do. Hopefully she'll make it back by six. Maybe she wasn't going hunting for the groom. Maybe she was getting out of Dodge. Father the groom just made the, I guess you're marrying the maid of honor joke to his son, who is sobbing uncontrollably. I'm so uncomfortable. (laughs) I started the seating music because people keep coming in. I can't make eye contact with anyone. (laughs) Room is really filling up. The groom moved to the back hall. Pastor went too. Still no word on the bride. This could just fizzle out. I have a gut feeling that this wedding isn't starting in three minutes. The bride's mother has now left the church to search for her daughter. No police reports on crashes or anything, so that's good. Restarting the seating music playlist. I don't understand how there's been no contact yet. The pastor just announced to the crowd that there's going to be a delay. Oh, you think? (laughs) Oh my. Seems people are already giving up and leaving. It's only 15 after people keep hope alive. Father of the bride is on the phone with the mother, and I think they found her. But he sounds angry now. Not sure what's up. They have found her, and she's on her way. But something is still up. I'll keep you posted. The dad is still visibly angry. Not worried. Mad. Could just be that she ran off. The groom is outside gathering his composure. You see... This is why you got to keep your phones charged, people. (laughs) Assuming this wedding happens, this is going to be one tense honeymoon. Restarting the seating music again. Flower Girl is asleep in the back pew. Back row Baptist in the making. (laughs) The bride is here, y'all. This thing might happen after all. 
dot 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 she is drunk y'all maybe not drunk but certainly tipsy I hear them arguing in the foyer behind me. Bride is adamant the ceremony begin. Father is against it. Lots of yelling. Hashtag awk. <laughs> yes, she is still in her dress, and they are asking the pastor if they can start. No bride-groom confrontation yet. Pastor is willing to continue despite her tipsiness. I think he just wants it over with. People are getting into place. This is happening. Oh, gosh. I couldn't tweet because I was on the soundboard, but the ceremony is over and they are married. But that was the most violent kiss in history. <laughs> They're still going to take the wedding photos. Oh, she just slapped him. I'm going to end the updates there. I feel like we know what kind of evening they're in for. Ten years from now, this will be funny to them. <laughs> the final message. That's all I got. Photos finished up fine. I didn't go to the reception. Story's over. So, I had a few friends that weren't at the wedding but knew this couple, and they were freaking out. <laughs> uh, they were calling people, saying, what's going on? I was getting calls or texts from them saying, is this really happening? Um of course, this is a fake story. This didn't happen. <laughs> the first few tweets were real. The decorators did show up just two minutes before. The groom was gone. He wasn't here when he was supposed to be. Uh, but he did show up. The wedding did get delayed a lot. Uh, that's why I still got to tweet. Uh, but they were waiting actually on a grandmother that was stuck somewhere. Their car, Her car had not started or something. And so they were having to go get the grandmother and come back. And that's why it was delayed. Um, well, and what added to the story is you even took a picture of the pastor sitting in the, <laughs> sitting sound, in the sound booth, booth with, with me, you. Drinking water. And, yeah. And one of them, he looked nervous. And, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't ask him to pose for them or anything. I didn't even tell him I was taking the photos. Um, but yeah, so I, I kept that going for uh, nearly three hours. And at this point, I had thousands of people on Twitter yeah. following me. Yeah. Asking questions, freaking out. Um, there were a few people in there that called me out saying this can't be real because you can't legally get married if you're intoxicated and the pastor would know this. Uh, um, but it was buried under so many people saying, I can't believe this is happening. Keep us updated. What's happening now that nobody really noticed. And so I was just having the time of my life. Thousands of retweets, people posting the whole story on their websites and blogs, lots of questions in the days afterwards. Wow. Um, so I didn't let on to anybody except the people that I knew that were freaking out that this was fake. <laughs> and I had, uh, this included my mother-in-law, this included Megan and Tyler Kelly that have been on the show a few times uh, when we were podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh gosh, I thought this was, I thought this was the end for both of them. That sounded so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to freak you out. I didn't know any of y'all knew them. <laughs> I thought I was just talking to my Twitter folks. Well, and I got a text from Megan <laughs> yeah. that said, have you been on Twitter? And I was like, no, I never get on Twitter. Why? She's like, go get on Twitter and look at what Matt's posting. And so I'm reading and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm going back and forth between Twitter and texting her. And I'm like, is this for real? Is this really happening? And she's like, I don't know. Just keep reading. Just keep watching. And at this point, she already knew, but she was also... Oh, she was playing along now Yeah, and so I'm like, you. what is going on? <laughs> what is happening at the church right now? She told me she was about ready to get in her car and start looking for the bride, too. That's funny. Um, gosh, that's so funny. Um, so, yeah. So, six months later, I quietly tweeted that I had made up that whole story. I'm like, remember that wedding from Heck story from six months ago? Totally made it up. Uh, only a few people that had seen it actually saw that tweet, and they a couple of them were very upset with me. Jeez, Matt. <laughs> like, how dare they not be a messed up couple and uh, had a terrible day. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was the the funnest experience I've had as Backrow Baptist. That was good. It was, it good. was, you need to do more things like that. But they have to be few and far between, otherwise people aren't going to believe me, so... And now that I've brought it up again, i got to wait like a whole other year at least so people can forget. See, and you missed a good opportunity with VBS. Like, I feel like VBS, you could really... 
Yeah. You could do it for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. That could work too. I have another wedding that I have to work this weekend. So that's fun. And then a quinceanera, a non-Catholic quinceanera is happening the next weekend. Well, and I feel like you don't have to be Catholic. To have... I've only ever heard of it in the Catholic church. But I mean, I, I grew up in the Catholic church, I yeah. guess. So that's why. But I've never really heard of a Baptist quinceanera before. Well, and I don't necessarily know, are they really religion-based? I mean, I just thought that it was a celebration of the the girl entering into womanhood, so to speak. And so... I feel like they typically would be similar to the boy becoming a man in the Jewish faith. Yeah, I guess so. What is that called? Your bat mitzvah? Bar, yeah, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Uh-huh. Bat mitzvah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm only thinking that because of that. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Maybe the quinceanera has nothing to do with that. Maybe they just wanted to use our church for the ceremony. I don't know if the ceremony is religious at all or not. Uh, I guess I will find out. You'll have to let us know <laughs> in a I'll couple be weeks. Here. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, you can find all that story. It's going to be coming up. Uh, I don't know how long it'll take before this book comes out, but the second what? Best of Macro Baptist book will be coming out soon. Well, I say soon. It might be another year. Who knows? Uh, I don't even have a title for it yet, but I do have a lot of the legwork already done. I just got to start building it. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Way to uh, go. Until then, you can uh, stoke the, the fires of your passion for my humor by buying Please Don't Side Hug Me, The Best of Back Row Baptist, the first book. Uh, it's on Amazon for pretty cheap. I don't even remember how much it is now. I think it's 12 bucks or less. Or you can buy the... Uh, Kindle version for you than even cheaper. Uh, check it out. You can even go to backrowradio.com and go to the store section, look in your books, and that'll take you there too. I think it's time for some random facts. Random facts. All right, are we ready for this? Let's do it. All right, selfies kill more people than sharks. There have <laughs> been just 439 fatal shark attacks worldwide since 1958. That's just seven and a half shark-related deaths per year. However, in India alone, 27 people perished from selfie-related causes in 2015. So that's just in India. That's not just even in worldwide. India. Yep. And it's already way more. Wow. Yep, I believe that. All right. 100%. Uh, so the next time that you go to the ocean and I don't want to get in the water because of sharks. Whatever. Uh, in contrast... Don't just lay that out there like that's what I do. No, not you. <laughs> you do you like really do that? Else, no. Okay, no. It sounded like you were accusing me. Okay. So next time you're at the ocean, you're like, I don't want to go anywhere because they're sharks. Don't be dumb. All right. My bad. I did not mean that towards Matt. He has never actually said that. However, there are people who say it. So you're done. I find that I react the same way if a shark is coming towards me or if my foot touches a piece of seaweed right <laughs> yeah and that's just being safe <laughs> in contrast to popular belief the fruit wasn't named for its color but the other way around the first known use of the word orange is described to describe a color in english took place in 1512 hmm okay that okay. makes sense uh chuck e cheese is just your favorite anthropologist Anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic. Mouse's nickname. Okay. That means human characteristic animal. Oh, okay. Learned something new. That's your random fact. Uh, his full name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> I knew that. I would like to go to Charles Entertainment Cheese, please, Father. I knew that. But we grew up when Chuck E. Cheese... I don't, when do you think Chuck E. Cheese first came out? Oh, I don't know. I remember it long before I was aware of television and commercials. Yeah, I think when my dad and my stepmom first started dating, my yeah. stepmom had two boys, my two stepbrothers, and then, of course, my dad and I. But that's where they took us for their date night. You know, mm. it had to be family-friendly, had to be kid-friendly, and I can remember going to Chuck E. Cheese, and that was back when the pizza actually tasted good, the carpets didn't smell like stinky feet, and the games were legit. <laughs> I just remember that we went there uh, for a youth thing, and our youth leader was there first at the door first and they wouldn't let him in without us like you can't go as an adult just by yourself to Chuck E. Cheese which makes sense because it's Mm -hmm. a kid thing but at the same time they also sell beer and junk now yeah so if you like the pizza and you're an adult 
You got to bring a kid with you. I wonder if that's still the case or if it's changed because were they doing the stamps back then on the hand? I think so, yeah. And every person who's a part of a group has one specific number? I think so. I remember that wasn't a big thing when I was a kid. But then when I took my kids and I tried to just walk in and they're like, no, no, ma'am, we, we need to stamp your hand. I'm like, oh, okay, go ahead. Thinking it's just going to be Chuck E. Cheese's head. Yeah. No, it's a number. And my kids all have the same number. And I'm like, uh, what is this for? Is the mark of the beast? What's going on? Right? What? what? Mark of the cheese. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Oh, that's so nobody can take your kid and leave with them. Oh, oh okay. Got it. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Okay, in the Japanese version of Pac-Man, the ghosts' names were hints as to how they behaved. Chaser, ambusher, fickle, and stupid. <laughs> Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man uh, is my favorite all-time arcade game. Really? Yep. Mm, my all favorite time. all-time arcade game was the Simpsons um, scrolling fighting game. Arcade. I don't even okay. know that one. It's really fun. Uh, I kind of dominate at Pac-Man. All right. And at any given moment, there are an estimated 108 million people on a diet in the U.S. Wow. We some fat peeps. Well, I don't know that we're fat. I'm fat. Necessarily. I'm a fat peep. I feel like we're full of a lot of people who are not happy with the way that they look, but they're not truly committed to changing it. Mm. I think that's a deep conversation for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, it's Throwback Thursday, and we're going to throw it back to some of them classic Christian hits. When we come back, Babylon Bee headlines. Stick around. See, I almost did it again. Back to back <laughs> the podcast. Keep doing this this week. All right. Back row morning show, yo. With Matt and It's because it's Throwback Thursday. Today I'm blaming it on Throwback Thursday. You're just trying to throw it back. It makes me long for a yeah. simpler time. Aww. We didn't do four shows a week. Hey, okay, this is your choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to start a new thing. I don't know if it'll take off, but we're going to try it. Uh, we searched through Babylon Bee's recent headlines and picked some of our favorites. You don't know what the Babylon Bee is. It's like the Christian version of the onion. Mm-hmm. It's gotten wicked popular uh, to the point where I think they're planning on actually doing a live fake satire news show. For real? Yeah. Having like this cool. whole studio built and everything. It looks really neat. That'd be cool. Uh, so we're going to read some of our favorite headlines from the past week. Uh... And I will start. Church members generously allow pastor to do all the work so he'll get all the treasure in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) A button that would instantly destroy church sound system guarded by a small piece of masking tape marked, do not touch. Hashtag accurate right there. (laughs) Local mom accidentally snaps frozen DVD into millions of tiny pieces. Oops, she commented. <laughs> Veggie Tales writers confirm Bob and Larry are just accountability partners. <laughs> That's a good one. Way to go, Babylon B. Church introduces coin operated side door to bypass greeters, lines, everybody. Love it. I love it so much. Please saw, make it a real thing. I saw that one and immediately thought of you. <laughs> I was like, oh, Matt uh, would love that. I would definitely pay 50 cents to get in. <laughs> side door whatever uh, you get here before everybody and leave after everybody anyway so that's true, that's you, true. Yet still somehow you have to shake people's hands <laughs> <laughs> man shows sacrificial christ like love for wife by throwing socks in general direction of laundry basket <laughs> that's right <laughs> marriage goals mother of four ready to lecture any random stranger claiming to be tired <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. You don't know what tired is. 
<sighs> Amazing. Family gets ready for church in just 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Easy like Sunday morning. Hopelessly out of touch church still playing worship song that came out two weeks ago. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there Confirm. are a lot. Hold on. There are a lot. <laughs> A lot of worship songs that come out every single week. I have to, you know, look through these to see what we're going to add to the radio station. There are so many. Really? So many new worship songs every single week. Because now it's become a business with with all these big churches that have allowed their their praise band to actually become a recording yeah, praise band. Yeah, actual band. And so it becomes on them to start writing their own songs. And so it's become this thing where they are producing their own music. And there's so many of them now in America that we literally get at least one, if not multiple albums every week from a different praise band from some church. Do you know, though, that's how the church that I grew up in, that's how they've always been. Really? They Writing their own music? Writing their own music. We would I sing. Well, and we would sing again came from a church that our praise and worship was about, about an hour long. So we would sing Ugh. roughly six songs and <laughs> whatever. Three to four of those songs would be something that you'd hear on the radio. They may have been slightly tweaked to make it a little more whatever. Charismatic. Possibly. <laughs> um, and then the others would all be originals that our worship Weird. leader had wrote. And she's always done that. She's huh. always written... See, I, when I was living in Albuquerque, we went to uh, Eastern Hills Baptist Church, and uh, their worship leader there had written a song, and we'd been going for several several months already, and you know they'd never done anything original. Well, this guy had written a song, and he wanted to do it original, and so he sang it and led the congregation in it, and most people reacted positively, and I'm just sitting there like, it's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Sing something we know. <laughs> it is uncomfortable in a worship service not knowing right. the song. Oh yeah, it and uh, yeah, we were at. A, I went to the other the other CR in town a couple weeks ago, and their worship leader always does like four or five songs. Mm-hmm. By that fourth song, I'm like, dude, we got things. We got other things to do. Just let me sit down. Three songs is plenty <laughs> to worship. Because by the fourth song, I'm not worshiping anymore. By the first song, I'm worshipped out. You're about to get them in trouble. <laughs> Why? Because it it states that we can only have three worship songs and then one altar call. Oh, well, they're not a CR anymore. so I haven't reported that to the state yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're obligated now. They're going to find them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he gets around it by they like they, I think, because they transition. Yeah. And they kind of yeah. come back to it, so they kind of combine two songs. They do. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, I'm done already. Yeah. All, All right. right. Where were we? Confirmed. Facebook fasts only count if you loudly announce them in advance. That's true. Also, for several other fa- fasts. <laughs> this is true. Fasting, prayer, anything good that you're doing. <laughs> Only count if everybody knows that you're doing it. You know, and I also feel like on Facebook, typically, whatever you post typically points to your struggle. It doesn't necessarily point to where, like, what you're good at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I post I something, it's, I don't know how to explain it. I don't it's because know. something's going on in your life right now that you're dealing with on this topic. And as you're learning, you want to share that knowledge with others. Yes. Yes. I don't post it because I'm a guru (laughs) of this topic. And I'm like, let me share my knowledge with you. (laughs) I post it because, wow, I'm really sucking in this area. And maybe somebody else is. So let me help. And I just found this or learned this. And I want to share it too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. 
Thanks for getting me to where I wanted to go. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> for these stories and more, you can visit BabylonBee.com. You're a trusted source for n- Christian news satire. Actually, every single one of those headlines comes with a full-blown story that uh-huh. they've written out, which they're really good. They're very entertaining. They've been doing a great job since they started, and they're very, they're relatively young, especially compared to like The Onion. Right. Or not, it's been around for, for years and years. Uh, this has only been going on for a couple of years, but it took off immediately yeah and i was really mad too because i had this idea because this was and your I just, thing and i just never pulled the trigger on it because i thought it would be way too much work i'm like i could totally make a christian version of the onion and uh then they came out with it and i'm like man how dare you <laughs> all right so babylon b if you're looking for someone to come alongside you and help write a couple things every oh, now and no, then no, no, matt coker no. is your guy no he not interested help. nope he'll help not interested he'll i'm help. done too busy now he'll help back where radio takes up way too much of my time he's slightly codependent he has an issue with saying <laughs> no to things he'll help no this is a real solid no <laughs> Oh, no. I did. Um, that's uh, it came out when we were doing the blog still for back really? row back row online. And I tried to come up with a section where I would just do it occasionally. And I called it the Holy Hedge and uh, came up with a few headlines before I'm like, I don't got time to be this creative. <laughs> um, but one of them was God's not dead. Three confirmed God's not dead in space. And then that's when. A year later, uh, Michael Mordanga approached us with Sunday School Answers and sent us a copy of the the game and wanted us to come up with our own set. But the game he sent, one of the Sunday School Answer cards says, God's Not Dead 3, God's Not Dead in Space. I'm like, you stole my joke. (laughs) You harvest this from the internet and stole my joke. I'm sure of it. But how cool is that to think that... (laughs) Because I've seen that on a few things. Yeah. And I ha- I even went to town with the graphic that I made. I had the moon and I had the newsboys all sitting there, all wearing uh, space helmets. And yeah, it was, I had a whole synopsis of how the movie went. It was about... Uh, somehow I tied it to abortion. I don't remember. It was like the pro-abortionist something or other... Uh, it was, oh, it was a pro-abortionist lobbying group, because you had to make it ridiculous yeah. uh, and political, uh, had proof that there were aliens living on the moon, and this would prove that there was no God, and therefore it was okay to do this. Abort babies. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't go heavy on the abortion stuff. I think I just said pro, pro-choice pro advocate, this person. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that life had no value or something like that. But anyway, it was funnier. It doesn't sound very funny it, the way we're yeah, expe- it describing it. <laughs> it was very funny then. Oh, anyway. It's oh, no laughing matter there. Uh, throwback Thursday. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show. Up next, toughness principles for singles and married couples. Stick around. morning show it's the top of the three o'clock hour and we've got a list for you it's 17 loving toughness principles for singles and married couples it's from dr james dobson uh let's just take them one by one see if we agree number one don't let a relationship move too fast in its infancy that seems legit simple and true always two two. (laughs) don't discuss your personal inadequacies and flaws in great detail when a relationship is new yeah this is absolutely right yeah you don't want to be telling people all your dirty laundry at the very beginning i think this is with any relationship absolutely ease into that stuff yeah i got a lot of crap in my past i don't go around broadcasting that yeah to the new people that i meet yeah i gotta let them know the real me first and they're like hey I used to be a turd. Uh, Number three, remember that respect precedes love. Build it stone upon stone. Mm. You absolutely have to respect uh, your spouse or future spouse. 
show them that respect and in that way you show them love again i, I feel that. like this can go with a friendship as sure. well yeah I mean, yeah uh number four don't call too often on the phone or give the other person an opportunity to get tired of you Data and I talked all the time. I don't think we ever got tired of each yeah, other. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't know how much I agree with this one. <laughs> if somebody's going to get tired of me from talking on the telephone, then, then we probably... I don't want to be married to that person. Uh, for real. <laughs> don't be too quick to reveal your desire to get married. Is that maybe a, you don't want to scare them away with being too serious too soon kind of thing? That's what I think it might be. Okay, but like, if, let the relationship grow before you're like, I want to marry you. Well, okay. But if if we just dating to have fun, then what we dating for? Cause... It's not necessarily dating to have fun. It's you date. Not every person you date is going to be the one you wind up sure. getting married to. Sure. But if our end goal in dating is to eventually get married, whether I'm dating the person that I'm going to marry currently or not then I feel like marriage is always going to... Do we have to sit down and say, okay, how many kids do you want to have? How many pets? Where are we going to live? What That kind of thing. But I feel like going into it with a mutual understanding that at the end, marriage is the goal. Maybe it's about timing. Maybe it's not revealing your desire to get married. Like you want to get married right now, but you know she's not ready. Right. Or the other person's not ready. And so wait until you know you're both ready before y'all actually jump into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Or you can get invested in a relationship that you've been in for a long time and, oh, come to find out, person has serious marriage issues and doesn't Mm. ever want to get married at all. And, (laughs) well, you've wasted your time. Yep. All right, number six. (laughs) Relationships are constantly being tested by cautious lovers who like to nibble at the bait before swallowing the hook. I do not like the way he's phrasing this. This testing procedure takes many forms, but it usually involves pulling backward from the other person to see what will happen. So, basically... So he's saying that expect the person that you're dating to... Want to take a break or break up with you just to kind of see how you react to it. You know what? That's kind of true. That happened with Adrian and I. Really? Oh, we yeah, it did happen with you And we came right back to each other. But Deidre like, no, was the one who put her foot down, right? Mr. I got to break up with you because we watched all the movies. <laughs> I had a very dumb excuse. All yes. the movies at I don't want to rehash house. all the dumb excuses that I had. <laughs> and Deidre but, said, yes. this is stupid. You are dumb. <laughs> we are still dating. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven, keep in mind that virtually every dating relationship that continues for a year or more and seems to be moving towards marriage will be given the ultimate test. Uh, So this is kind of like how we say, well, like with, with the addiction of pornography that I used to deal with, I always tell people that also deal with that as you're progressing in your recovery, expect the test to get harder and Mm -hmm. harder. The temptations to come at you more randomly and out of nowhere and ridiculously hard to avoid. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what he's saying here is that the closer, closer you get to marriage, the more your commitment is going to be tested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eight, do not depend entirely upon one another for the satisfaction of every emotional need. Hmm. This is true. That's such a good one. Absolutely a good one. Yep. Uh, nine, guard against selfishness in your love. Uh, it says love affair, but I don't want to confuse people. We're not talking about affairs. Right. Uh, neither the man nor the woman should do all the giving. We talked about this earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, number 10, beware the blindness of obvious warning signs or beware of blindness to obvious warning signs. Um, hmm. People who ignore the warning signs because yeah. they think, yeah. Number 11, beginning early in the dating relationship, treat the other person with respect and expect the same in return. If you're not being respected by your significant other, that would be a bad sign Mm -hmm. because that probably won't change. Yep. 12, do not equate human worth with flawless beauty or handsomeness. I need to tell Cannon that one. (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty, mom. (laughs) 13. If genuine love has escaped you thus far, don't begin believing no one would ever want me. Ooh. That's true. That's a... That's a good one. 14. (laughs) 
Regardless of how brilliant the love has been, take time to check your assumptions with your partner before committing yourself to marriage. So that's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. But if you've been dating this whole time and you find out the other person doesn't even want to get married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 15, sexual familiar, familiar, familiarity Thank you. can be deadly to a relationship. Now, I, ex- I know exactly what he's saying here. Okay, explain. It's that, it's that being sexually involved with your significant other uh-huh. is reserved for marriage. Right. And it's reserved that way for a reason, mm-hmm. both spiritual and relational. Right. And if you start doing all that stuff before you even get married uh it ruins that and it also puts you at a higher risk of divorce okay or breaking up um you don't ever you have to come into a relationship uh, ideally you're both virgins Mm -hmm. at this point Mm -hmm. you haven't had another partner right and you want to come into a relationship both growing and learning how to Explore this new part of your life together. Mm-hmm. So all the people that are afraid of not being sexually compatible with your spouse or whatever. Well, if you're both doing this for the first time and learning together, mm-hmm. you have no choice but to be compatible. You right. will be compatible because you're the only other person's person. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is why it's been, you know, that's why you save it for marriage. Right. And that makes uh, sense. you don't want to ruin that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would say most people, even Christian couples fail to reach that mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't consider myself high and mighty because Deidre and I were able to technically be virgins mm-hmm. uh, by marriage, but I do think that it it was a, a major benefit to us, especially mm-hmm. in our harder years. But, of course, we did other stuff before that, which right. we shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, just never went all the way, per se. Um, but definitely keep it controlled. Do it God's way because it's always better. Yeah. 16. If that wasn't uncomfortable enough. Uh, 16. <laughs> if the commitment between a man and a woman is given insufficient importance in their lives, it will wither like a plant without water. But extreme dependency can be just as deadly. Mm. Much like with water. Too little water, too much water. Yeah. And kill you. Yep. That's so <laughs> true, though. Man. Yeah. And then 17, there is nothing about marriage that eliminates the basic need for freedom and respect in romantic interactions. Keep the mystery and the dignity in your relationship. Hmm. I like it. I like pretty much the whole list there. Mm-hmm. Dr. James Dobson, you hit it at the park this time. Yep. Uh, yeah. Marriage is fun. You know, it is. Mm-hmm. It, it really should be. Is. Absolutely. It's hard. It mm-hmm. sucks a lot of times. It's difficult to make it through. Mm-hmm. But there it sometimes is... it's not fun. Sometimes it can go for long stretches where it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can feel like there's no way you can get back to fun again. But guess what? You can. It cycles back around. Yep. It'll come around again. Yep. You have to make the commitment, though. You got to commit. You got to stick to it. You got to be miserable for a little bit. That's what the whole for worse part was about in your vows Mm -hmm. it wasn't if something bad happened to you from the outside it was if something bad was happening from the inside from the inside yeah and you're still gonna remain committed and get through it yep Uh, i feel like we should have a thing her two cents in marriage we should we should start a whole just a week on marriage Let's do it, Matt. <laughs> We've been ex- through enough garbage <laughs> at 13 years and 15 years of marriage for you guys. How long have we been married? Uh, no, we've been married for 13. 13? 13. Okay, so we're both at 13 years, but you guys have been together for eight, 17? Yes, we've been together since 2000, so 18. Yeah. December, That's crazy. December of 2000. You guys could have, I mean, technically you couldn't have, but you could have a graduating child at this at point. At this point, we could if we had at that point. Right. But we didn't, as we just talked about. Well, exactly. <laughs> All right, enough of that. It's Throwback <laughs> Thursday. When we come back, March for Our Lives co-founder quits, what? and we announce our giveaway winner. Holla. Stick around.
Morning Show with Matt and Mo here on Back Row Radio. Uh, March for Our Lives co-founder Cameron Kasky told Fox News Radio on Wednesday that he has left the organization that he helped create and that he ha- that he has regrets about some of the things that he said since he entered the public spotlight. Uh, March for Our Lives was that group that started out of that uh, school shooting that I don't even remember where it was now. Uh, the most recent big school shooting okay. where they had those people going around on all the news broadcasts and they're on all the magazines, whatever, the kids that had started this organization against guns. Uh, Kasky told Fox News Radio's Guy Benson that and uh, Marie ha- Harf, I'm very regretful of a lot of the mistakes that I've made along the way. One of the things I never really did was watch myself, Kasky said. If I was on uh, a screen, I kind of tried to run away from it. I'm not entirely sure why, but looking back on that, it's like you said, you touched off on this very well in the intro. I'm not going to kick myself for it because I'm 17, despite the fact that I thought I did, uh, thought I did at the time. I don't know everything. Kasky admitted that when he attacked Senator Marco Rubio during CNN's town hall event, that it was his intent to embarrass Rubio and that was my biggest flaw, he said. Oh. Kasky said that he would redo the conversation that he had with Rubio and that he has plans to meet with him next month where he'll bring up how he spoke to him during the town hall event. This summer, when March for Our Lives went on the summer tour that we embarked on, uh, I met that person in Texas who got that semi-automatic weapon because that's how they like to protect their family, Kasky continued. And I met the... 50 some odd percent of women who are pro-life even though i thought it was preposterous that a woman could be pro-life and not pro-choice at the time i learned a lot of the of our issues politically come from a lack of understanding of other perspectives and also the fact that so often young conservatives and young liberals will go into the debate like i said earlier trying to beat the other one as opposed to coming to an agreement wow so Kasky noted that he left March for Our Lives because they didn't really need my involvement, and while I could have helped, it wasn't crucial. The activist added that he plans to start a new podcast called Cameron Knows Nothing, where he will host discussions with people on both sides of the political spectrum on current political issues. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> I want to be on there. But I think this shows a lot that, of maturity. It shows a huge amount of that maturity. That even... Grown adults don't ever reach. Absolutely. Of being willing to listen to the other side. Absolutely. And to sympathize with them. Empathize. Yeah. To just hear them. And to see them as a person and not label them by their beliefs. Treat their beliefs and and feelings as valid. Mm -hmm. Not just... Like, we're not just... We don't feel this way just to make you mad. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We have our own reasons, too. Uh, There's reasons for both sides of any debate. Yeah. and we him. have to treat people as human beings. So really good. Yeah. Um, but the personal responsibility that he's taking mm-hmm. uh, and to publicly announce all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's just fantastic. It's that's admirable. Re- that's respectable right there. It's incredibly right admirable. So good, good on job, you, brother. Cameron Kasky. Well, let's end our, our show with our Bible verse and thought for the day. Uh, Bible verse, Matthew 6, 3, 3. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And our thought for the day comes from Matt Hammett. Joy and pain seem polar opposites, but in Christ, they're working in harmony to push you toward the same direction. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast for you over on backrowradio.com. That's it for us for this week. We'll be back next Monday, but tune in tomorrow morning at the same times for our buddies Donnie and Jordan with our Friday morning show, You're My Friend and I Trust You. Then tune in Saturday for Chatterday Morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. It's Hear No Evil with Chris and Justin, a show on pop culture, life, and faith. At 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific, it's Free Play with Bubba, Matt, and Kate coming from the Love Thy Nerd Outreach Ministry to the gaming community. And lastly, keep up with the world of Southern Baptists at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific with Not Another Baptist Podcast hosted by Matt and Kyle. Lastly, as we sign off, September is National Recovery Month and we're giving away a prize pack of awesomeness to one random follower who has shared our giveaway post somewhere on social media. We made a list of every share as we could find every share that we could find sorry and put your names in a randomizer our winner is
Aaron Bohannon. Congratulations, you win a copy of Sunship's album, 12, a Sunship tote bag, a Celebrate Recovery Bible, a Celebrate Recovery Serenity Prayer coin, some back row radio stickers, and a signed copy of our book, Please Don't Side Hug Me, the best of Back Row Baptist. We will be in touch soon to get your information and get this mailed out to you. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who participated. We'll have more giveaways coming in the future. But for now, Mo... What's the final word? I still think I should have (laughs) won. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.